Welcome to Pink Girl Podcast. I'm Alicia Clayton, your host. This is a podcast about women's stories and all things girl power. Welcome to the episode. I'm so excited to have Robin with us, the owner and editor-in-chief of Pacificus. Do I say it right? Yeah, Pacificus. Yeah, that sounds great. Pacificus. I'm so excited to have you, Robin, and I go way back, I don't know how many years, oh, 10? Yeah. Eight? 10 plus? Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe a little more than 10 years, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's been so great to follow your journey. So yeah, Robin, will you just like introduce yourself and like what this magazine is all about? Yeah, so my name is Robin Mata. I am the editor-in-chief of Pacificus. And it's just a small magazine that I launched just last year during COVID. And it's a publication that highlights Pacific Islander creatives. And I'm like, my main goal is just to try and curate their work for the future. And so that's kind of been my main inspiration for this magazine. So I'm glad that I was able to launch it last year. So it's been a cool journey to be on. That's so great. And you have a background in um, fashion and what else? Like what, I feel like you're so multi-talented, like you're a reader, you're a writer, you're a fashion designer. Yeah, I feel like I've dabbled into like so many different things. And um, I want to say like probably in like 2015, I really started diving into fashion. So I worked a lot as like a freelance stylist. I helped with fashion shows. I helped with design. I helped with photo shoots and photography. Um, but that's the thing I was interested in so many different things that I couldn't commit to just one and that was like my biggest like issue is like I couldn't figure out like which one was really calling to me specifically but yeah I've dabbled into so many different things and so I'm glad that like when the idea for the magazine came together it was like a way for me to utilize all those different things I've learned and I put them into one specific thing and that's what I was looking for so that's awesome I don't know if you've heard the term multi-potentialite but I feel like that is you and that is me where we like to dabble and we're not good at like specializing because we just love so many things <laughs> yeah I'm definitely a dabbler I love doing yeah. that <laughs> that's awesome well and when you say you are preserving um creatives like when you refer to creatives and their work like what are you are you talking about like artists photographers like what what does that entail yeah I think it's like the whole nine yards like I look for poets and writers I look for photographers um, multidisciplinary artists um, spoken more like all those different things Um, I think the magazine kind of came into play because I wanted to document like what my culture looks like today Um, because we don't really have anything like that and I know like diversity and like seeing yourself represented within media has been like such a big thing but for me it's a little bit more than that because I want to tell our stories the way that we want to tell them I don't want them to be diluted or filtered like I want people to understand that not all of us think the same and I want like my kids to grow up seeing other people within our community doing things different and like out of the box and so it's been a really cool thing to kind of find these people throughout the Pacific. That's cool. So you're a Pacific Islander. So kind of where is your heritage from? Like, where's your... Yeah. So both of my parents were born and raised in Bongan, the kingdom of Tonga. And so we are, like me and my siblings, we're like the first generation to be like born and raised in the U.S. And 
yeah, I just felt like there's been like such a huge disconnect between me and my culture, like growing up. And many people are like first generation, like Pacific Islanders are definitely in the same boat. Like we've kind of like lost our language. Um, our parents never taught us our language because they really wanted us to focus on English because they felt that English was the only way that we would be successful. And so there's just like so many different things that my parents had to adapt to, like when they first moved here to America that are a little bit different for us. And so now we're trying to venture out and discover a little bit more about our potential for our Pacific Islander creative specifically. That's awesome. What do your parents and like your family what do they think of this type of art form? It's interesting. So when I first brought up um, the idea of starting a magazine, I think actually most of my family were against it. They really? were not gung-ho on it. <laughs> and, um, I think they were just trying to be like protective of mm. like my time and like my energy and my effort because they felt that my community wouldn't reciprocate that. And um, I remember like arguing about it, like with some of my sisters and they were just like, nobody's going to read this. Like nobody cares enough to buy something like this. And my family's very blunt and honest, which I appreciate. And I told them, I was like, I'm just going to launch this. I'm just going to see how it goes. And I just, again, I just wanted to tell my story my way and I didn't want to dilute it. I didn't want someone else to pick up, like pick it up and run with it. Like, I just really felt this huge like urge to put this magazine together. And so when I was finally able to launch like our fall winter issue last year and like show my family, like all of us were like bawling, like we were all like crying because no. they didn't they didn't like understand why it was so important to me wow. until they held it in their hands and they were like, Oh my gosh, I get it. I get it now. And so that's yeah, that right. was like a that was like a full circle moment for me. <laughs> right. To go from like really hesitant, not liking it to like very emotional. That's awesome. Yeah. So you said you started it during COVID. Like what kind of inspired it? Um, so I actually went to Dongang for the first time in 2018. Um, I went a little after me and my wife got married, and I went um for the holidays for a little bit um my grandpa was kind of like in poor health and so they kind of felt that it was important that as many of us possible should like make it out there for a family reunion um so I went out there with some of my other like my some of my sisters and like my nieces and nephews and that was my first time ever being there and I just felt such like a strong connection with like just being there and like seeing where my parents grew up and like um just experiencing the culture like firsthand because for me I always felt like I had this like secondhand experience of what being Tongan was and so being able to experience that firsthand like for myself I was like in awe about like just being in Tonga and like experiencing all of that. But that's like what led me to even think about the magazine in the first place, because we were, I remember just like going around and like not seeing like a ton of like public libraries or a ton of options for reading material. And then we went to a couple of tourist locations of like some huge landmarks within Tonga and stuff like that. And there was like this one, like it was like a Stonehenge, like, and I remember like going to look at it and they had like this huge plaque outside and it said that nobody knew what that Stonehenge was for. What? Like they didn't know if it was to calculate like 
different times of like moon phases or like points of like the year or like even for like stars or anything like that and I kind of just sat there reading it and I was like I think that's so sad that we don't know enough about our own landmarks <laughs> like right. we've never documented those things and I think like for Pacific Islanders a lot of us focus on oral history and like storytelling mm-hmm. um, but because of that we kind of lose out on the specifics and the details and the things that get passed down from generation to generation. And so that's where the idea like really came about was like me being there, seeing it. And I thought about it while I was out there and I was like, I'm going to sit on this. I'm going to let it simmer and I'm going to figure something out. So yeah, that was back in 2018. And then, yeah, I launched the magazine just last year in 2020. I love that. And I love how you said you just let it simmer. Cause I think for a lot of creatives, we, like have an idea and we want to like jump on it right away, but there's some beauty, there's beauty in letting it sit and simmer until maybe the right season or, you know, the right timing, but it never goes away. It's like always in you, you know? Yeah. And that's like, what was crazy is like, I think um, like I let it simmer for a while and like, I kind of dropped it for a while as well. And then it just like was sitting in the back of my mind for so long. And then when me and my wife found out that we were pregnant in like 2019 like yeah like I think we found out like in like September of 2019 um that was just like a big moment for us and like I think that was like my biggest drive to like really start putting things into motion because we're about to introduce like a little girl into the world and I just wanted something more for her sorry (laughs) I'm getting a little emotional but um but yeah I just really want my like really want my kids to be able to understand that they can do whatever they're passionate about and I don't want them to sit there and like hear these things that they're like hear these ideas that their dad had that he never pursued and so I just like decided like once we got like once we were quarantined and like I was working from home mm-hmm. and like my wife was like coming up to the end of her pregnancy and stuff like that I was like I need to start putting this into motion like wow. I'm gonna start an Instagram page I'm gonna start curating work now and I'm gonna start planning like how I'm gonna get this situated and so yeah mm-hmm. during COVID I like launched a Kickstarter campaign for oh, my first issue okay yeah I did <laughs> and like um it was just like uh it was like a very like touch and go thing like I was like I'll just see if I can make like five thousand dollars like and yeah. I'll see what I can do and um it was really crazy like I was able to reach my goals luckily like I like barely made it um but once I did it I was like hey now I'm gonna print these magazines and just give it a go and when I launched my first issue, I had like limited inventory. Like I didn't have a lot, but um, like I fulfilled all the orders on Kickstarter and then I ended up selling out in like an hour, like a couple hours what? actually, like maybe like two or three hours. Did and you promote so, just on like on social media? Just on Instagram. Yeah, that's no. all I did. <laughs> and so um, a lot of people were bummed that they missed out, but because like our like my funding was just like so limited like my stock was like an inventory was limited as well so I just told them I was like sorry I told you guys I was like promoting this on Instagram so best luck next time (laughs) so the second issue was a really big deal (laughs) for a lot of people amazing that it it you could launch everything from Instagram yeah and like 
I've like I really I really loved dabbling into social media and like helping other brands with their social media so I was like I think I could do this like I think it can really totally create something that like really resonated with a lot of Pacific Islanders and like I just started hunting people down like I just like went searching through hashtags and like looking through different things and as soon as I would find someone I would like save it and then it'd be like I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to ask you a couple questions about your work and that's how I started. Oh, <laughs> so I just started sharing. I just started sharing like some of their answers about like how they got started, who their biggest inspirations were. Um, and then that led to my first issue. So where do you find the content for your magazine? Like, where do you find the creatives? Yeah, honestly, like I couldn't find anybody. I like I felt like I was alone <laughs> in my community. And so when like the idea of like starting the magazine or even like starting an Instagram page for the magazine came about, I really had to do like a lot of digging. Like I really went through like individual hashtags. I started finding people um, and I was like, this person is dope. Like I have no idea why it took me so long to find these people, but um, I just really clicked with them. And so I started talking to them, started asking them if they would be willing to collaborate with me by showcasing their work in my magazine and stuff like that. And yeah, that's like how the whole curating process like really came about. I love that. And your images are gorgeous. Like your all your content Thank is you. gorgeous. And I love that you gave like in the very, very beginning, I remember watching your feed and like, you would just give little clues, like little hints. It wasn't like, this is it. It was just like, you'd show like an ocean picture. You show like a piece of fashion. So it was like, you were, you know, like people were interested because you were just like hinting. Yeah. I didn't want to like sell the farm. Like I wanted people (laughs) to, um, I wanted people to understand that there is hype that comes with print and like um people have argued with me about that as far as like making it available yeah um I've gotten like lots of like interesting conversations that have been started on like Instagram and stuff like that um with people saying like you should stop doing print it's not eco-friendly um it's actually like nobody cares about print just do it online it takes too long to ship things internationally and because like I'm in Utah like sending stuff internationally like to any Pacific Island takes a lot of time um but yeah I'm kind of just sticking to my guns because I just feel really passionately that like 10 years from now it's going to be nearly impossible to find anything online um from anything that we're writing like today like whether it be a blog or like whatever it is or like sharing recipes or whatever like it's just going to be buried underneath so much new content um but that's the thing like books are still around today for a reason yeah and that's what I'm trying to educate people on and you've always been a book lover since I've known you like we would talk books in the beginning yeah I like you like devour through, them. Like, yeah, I like went through this phase for like a good chunk of my life where I tried to read a book like once a month. Well, that was and awesome. it was just like anything and everything that I could like get my hands on. And honestly, I wish I like kept that habit up, but I need to get back into it. Life happens. There's just like yeah, like <laughs> babies happen and right? pandemics happen. <laughs> well, and I like I remember we were at Lake Powell and I was like testing you. I'm like, have you read this? Have you read Hunger Games? Have you read this? Have you and you were like, check, check, check. And I was like, you are my new idol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I really just like loved reading like 
anything and everything, That's like awesome. whether it be like fiction, like nonfiction, um, anything. Like I just felt like there was like so much to learn from books right. and I resonated with a lot of things that That's I got awesome. from those. And so yeah, it's been like a big thing for me for sure. So are most of your customers or clients that you sell to or take content, you know, bring content into, are they mostly on the islands or are they mostly in the United States or, or is there- um, it's pretty, it's pretty scattered. Like honestly, okay. for my first issue, like we have a lot of people who are based here in the US, but we represent so many different islands. Um, for example, like we had, we had a photographer that I featured in our first issue, her name is Alex King, but she lives in the Cook Islands. Um, and so being able to like communicate with her and like figuring out like how we were going to do our interviews and stuff was like really tricky. Um, but then we also had another artist, like she's a, she's an oil painter and her name is Gisela McDaniel, but she is like based in like Detroit. Um, like either Detroit or Chicago, man, oh, I'm going to cool. mix it up, but she's based out there, but she represents like Guam um, and the wow. Chimoto people in Guam. Um, and then obviously like we had me as like a Tongan, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been like pretty like 50, 50, but that's okay. the thing is like, it's been really interesting to kind of like find people and just be like, like seeing where my packages have been going to. I'm like, wow. oh my gosh, like I'm sending an order to Germany. Like I didn't Ooh. even know that there were Polynesians in Germany. It's awesome. like, yeah, and so I was like, oh, this is like really weird. And so I'm learning more about like my demographic and where I can yeah. find my people because there are some remote places that I was like, I didn't even think they would be, like I'm like shocked that they even like found my publication right. to begin with. So it's been so really are they, cool to are they like paying you to promote them or are you just saying, I love your content? Will you be in the magazine? How does that usually yeah, work? So how it's um how it's been going so far is I just ask them to provide me with the content and I just tell them like I want to provide you with a platform to cool. carry your work for the future. So um it's just, I just talk to them about like the pros and cons of like why it would be important and like what what this would mean to get your work printed um and so I just tell them like the long like I explain like the longevity of it and like holding something in your hands like just makes it more real than reading it online and I think that's what gets them really excited that's awesome And so I've just been collaborating I haven't like paid anyone yet I would love to get to that point where my magazine can be making enough revenue where I can actually like pay for all the work that's going into it um so that's definitely going to be like my next big goal that's awesome what kind of feedback are you getting from your readers um it's it's a mix honestly um yeah it's interesting I do feel like um I definitely step on a couple nerves with my magazine um Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> and so the reason why is because I know that I push the envelope a little bit and I talk about things that are not always acceptable in any circumstance, <laughs> like within certain families and stuff like that. Um, and I'm definitely doing things that are kind of taking a step away from traditionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, like I launched my fall winter issue last year and I found this like beautiful Tongan model like here in Utah. I asked her like, can we shoot with you? Like she had never like really modeled before. And I didn't tell her it was going to be for the cover of our magazine. But um, we put her in like, we put her in like this like thin strapped like 
white dress and then we put her with like some tongue in it's like a tongue in kiki it's like something that you tie around your waist and yeah. we had like a lot of like tongue in like decorations and stuff like that and that really got a lot a lot of people heated because that's really considered immodest within our culture like showing your shoulders and stuff like that and um they were like that's not tongan um you're like they kind of felt like i was disrespecting our culture but again like my whole purpose for the magazine was showing that we're like our culture is evolving it's changing from what it was 25 years ago like whether or not people like it like it's important for me to document that because i want to document what my culture looks like today versus yeah. what my parents had 20 years ago like right. and so it's just different it's just different to yeah. experience that um and same thing goes for like the second issue um for our cover for our second issue we kind of did like an androgynous look between like we had a male and a female model and we did like a sheer i saw that one that yeah, was awesome. and so yeah that sparked a lot of like controversy because people were like again with like the immodesty of it but um i was just trying to bring up the gender roles that we create within yeah. our community and See, how they're not always the corset yeah he was in a corset and yeah. he was in like a sheer top underneath like his corset and yeah. then he was he was wearing um like a lava lava which is like something that you like it's basically like a skirt um and so people were just like really confused about it. I remember when my mom saw it, she was like really taken aback from it. And that goes for the first cover as well. Like she was actually really disappointed about both covers, but as I like sat her down and talked to her about it, she was like really like just in awe at like the thought that went into it and she was like I didn't know that's what you were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely starting conversation um whether it be positive or negative, I think it's healthy conversation. I think it's always important to hear a variety of opinions and like yeah. try to figure out like how we can push ourselves to progress that's awesome did you find people like when you were searching on instagram um for content did you find other people that were like pushing the boundaries of pacific islanders or was were they yes like yeah i feel like there's been a lot of things that i've seen however they just like they just don't have the same type of platform or network to really like make residual income off of that so whether it be with like spoken word poetry artists that i've seen um and videos that they posted or like dance groups or musicians and stuff like that it's like they it was like there was like a there was a an app that was like that came out not too long ago it was called like Iconic Radio and okay. he made an app specifically that only played Pacific Islander artists and it was like really big for a while and the reason why he decided to make it is because one of the artists he was listening to said like I may not get like millions of streams on like Apple Music or Spotify but that Bluetooth be popping that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like that's always been like a thing it's like there's never going to be a time where like all of our music and all the things that we do as a culture are going to be in mainstream media. And so yeah, I just don't think that like it would ever get to that point because we've never been granted that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm not going to wait for somebody to invite me to a seat at the table. I'm just going to build my own damn table. Yes. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So do you what kind of um you've talked about kind of some critical feedback you've gotten. 
and some positive. What other like positive feedback have you gotten? Um, I I think like that's been like the biggest thing for me, like from creating this magazine is like seeing how emotional people get when they're holding the magazine in their hands. Um, they're always like really taken back by the quality of work that they see people doing. And they're just like, I had no idea these people existed. And I was like, girl, I didn't know until like three months ago. <laughs> and so that's the thing. It's like, I just wanted to introduce like my people to each other. Like oh, it didn't took me that long to find people in the Cook Islands or from Guam or from Samoa or wherever they are. I'm like, there's just so much work that's out there and they're doing dope work. I just want to get it out there and share it with the right people because I don't feel like my my community has really monetized that in the best way possible. I know that there's like, we do have like big things with like, um, like radio stations and like TV stations and stuff like that. But I'm like, I need something more. Like I want something that can make an impact in our homes where it can be for everyone. Not yeah. like, not just for adults, not just like for teens. So yeah. it's like the magazine was kind of the thing that stuck out the most to me. That's so cool. Well, and that's so tragic that you get that vibe that, that, that your culture won't be part of mainstream culture here in America yeah and I think the reason is is like it just like happens time and time again like um even comparing it to like like the black community it's like so often we see trends that get started with the black community that only become popular and famous after white people start yeah like start like utilizing it and so like you see this with like TikTok where it's like even like with our culture it's like we have Pacific Islanders who do like these hula challenges and stuff like that on TikTok. And then they'll get a thousand views. And then one white girl decides to do it and she ends up with 2.5 million views. Mm. And it's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so that's the thing. It's like, yeah, maybe like I am hopeful that it can make an impact in that way, like someday. Yeah. Um, but I think that we have to take the steps necessary in order to get there so right. I just want people to realize like when they get this magazine that we do exist we are we do have work that can compete with the best of the best yeah. and we're here to stay so again it's kind of like my it's kind of just like my Pacific Island resume for the yeah. world to see <laughs> love that I love that um, what are your goals for the magazine? You said you said you thought about maybe being able to pay people maybe doing a subscription what other goals do you have? Um, honestly, I'm just trying to get it bigger and better. Um, there's just been like a lot of like different challenges with like shipping and stuff like that, but I really want to try and get more of my magazines into schools, um, within the Pacific, just because like, it's just like, there's such a limited belief within my community that you like, can't make a living as a creative. And so um like they don't we don't really celebrate a lot of the people who are like artists and like musicians and stuff like that and so I think it would be cool to start incorporating that more into just like school like schooling opportunities and within like different programs to let them know like look at what our people are doing like if they can do that you can do that like yeah yeah so I think that's like a big goal for me and just making it more accessible for people on the islands like I am continuously like spreading the word about the magazine and it's getting like it's getting out there slowly but surely but I'm hoping at one point 
I'll be able to send a magazine to like every Pacific island. So that includes cool. like any islands in like Micronesia, Melanesia, and Polynesia. And so that's a big goal of mine. That's great. Well, and I love the idea that like your daughter, even before she was born, like inspired you to preserve your culture. I think that's beautiful. Just that next generation idea. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was like really cool to kind of like, I don't know, just like understand that having our daughter was going to be like a really huge cultural shift because my wife is Filipino, I'm Tongan. And I even knew that even with this new generation that we're introducing, it's like, how much is going to shift now that my daughter has to experience two cultures while living in America? Um, And how much of that might get lost if I don't start implementing certain things now and so it's been it's been leading to some really cool discussions within our house yeah that's awesome well and then you throw more in culture on top of that yeah <laughs> right of Church culture. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I'm like that well that'll be for another podcast exactly <laughs> we'll have to come back on another Let's episode go to my, that I, have a, I have a feminist mormon podcast we'll go to that one <laughs> Yeah, we'll go to that one. Okay, perfect. Let's, let's introduce like a person of color's perspective on Mormon culture. Okay, done, <laughs> done. I love it. That's so great. So tell me how you came up with the name of the magazine. People always ask me this. And honestly, um, when I was thinking about the purpose of the magazine, um, I kept saying in my head, like, I want to connect people with their roots. Like I want the Pacific Islands to be deeply rooted in their culture. And so I kept thinking about that. It kept replaying in my head. And then I was like, Pacific, what's the root of Pacific? Like, I want to know what the actual root word of that is. And Pacificus is actually the Latin root of Pacific, um, just meaning calm and tranquil. And Mm -hmm. so I just thought it was a cool play on words. And it was a it was something that kind of like resonated with me where I'm like, sometimes we don't question enough about the things that we've normalized. And I'm like, I don't know how many people actually know that Pacificus is actually the root word for Pacific, that the Pacific means calm and tranquil. And it was named that for a reason. And so it was just like a way of like decolonizing the term and like kind of coining it for ourselves and like taking that back a little bit. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So does your wife help you with the magazine or is this kind of your baby or how does this it- is definitely my baby, but my yeah. wife does a lot of the heavy lifting to help me do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, like obviously like taking care of baby has been like the biggest priority, sure. but um, like she always helps me out whenever I need her or whenever I'm venting or like packaging orders and stuff like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> she's always there to help me out, but yeah, she lets me kind of stress about it in my own way. <laughs> we're just on like two different right. like thought patterns as far as like how we get things done and um like it's really hard for me to explain to other people even like the people that I like recently brought onto my team like what I have in my head like I'm very much like a I I can't explain this to you but once I do it you'll get it (laughs) so yeah but my wife like she understands that that's how I work so it's been really it's been really cool to kind of see how supportive she's been with like taking care of Faye when I've had to like kind of step out and do like photo shoots and like interviews and different things like that so that's been really beneficial for me well I have one goal for your magazine okay (laughs) I feel like 
Beyonce needs one. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm going to send one to her PR people. I'm going to let her right. know. Because I know you're a um, big Queen Bay fan. Yeah. Want to know what's crazy? I'm probably going to send one to her because she was actually a big inspiration for the magazine as well in her own little way. Really? Um, but you may not know this, but in 2018, she saw a cover for Vogue and made history like the cover ended up being like it's in a vault in the mat because it made history and the reason why it made history is because for the first time in like 125 years of Vogue being a publication that was the first time that a black person shot the cover of Vogue <gasps> and the only reason why that person shot the cover is because Beyonce wanted full creative control for who worked on that team <gasps> And so she granted that person the opportunity. And I remember reading about it. And since then, I've like followed that photographer. And he was only 23 at the time when he no. shot it. And it's been life changing for him. And when I kind of thought like reading the article from her, like I wrote about this in like the first issue. You did. And I was like, I did. I like specifically mentioned, I was like, I cannot believe that it took 125 years for us to get a Black person to shoot the cover of Vogue and I was like it only made me really sad to realize like how much longer it would take for a Pacific Islander to shoot the cover of Vogue and I I said in the magazine I was like I don't know about you but I'm not willing to wait 125 years so again yes. I'm not going to wait for an invitation to for a seat at the table I'm like I think we need to start building our own table now so people can start realizing that we are a force to be reckoned with within the creative sphere of wow. like multiple different forms of art. And um, I'm hoping that like with the magazine, like I'm hoping that people who are featured in the magazine, like really use that to like boost their resume and like uh -huh. say like, this is something that my I'm people, watching. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I really want them to use that as like a catalyst for their career. Cool. Yeah. Beyonce needs a copy, yo. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, even in like the second issue, I like brought up like another thing that Beyonce did. She like, um, she was presenting an award at like the Grammys in 2018, I believe, or maybe it was 2016. Um, but she said like, she said this thing that like really resonated with me where it's like, art has a way to move people. And she said like, some will react, some will respond and some will be moved. And I've always thought about that, about like how art has the capacity to do that. And so I'm like, Okay, well, Beyonce does it again. She does it again. She react. Yeah, people will. She said people will react, react. People will respond, and people moved. will be moved. Cool. And so, yeah, I just like I've always thought about that about like what kind of art do I want to showcase in order to move people? Like, I don't just want people to have a negative reaction. I don't just want them to respond about like their opinion about this. Like, I really want them to look at it and say like wow robin actually opened up a dialogue that we never even thought about before love and that so yeah <laughs> that is so rad well thanks for being on the show robin did you want to add any last thoughts um i mean if anybody is interested in purchasing pacificus like you can follow us on instagram and our website is pacificusmag.com um i do just want to like emphasize that even though this is a magazine that highlights pacific islander creatives it doesn't mean that these stories are only for Pacific Islanders. Wow. I think there's so much to be learned um, from other cultures in the world. And 
I think that once, like, no matter who you are, like, when you're reading material like this, it's not going to do anything but broaden your perspective about what the world has to offer. And maybe even, like, burst your bubble a little bit about what what else is out there that you can explore. So I just want people to, like, know that this is not just a magazine for Pacific Islanders. This is a magazine for creatives. And it's just our stories. And if you're interested in learning about our stories, this is one of the best ways to do it. Love it. This is so great. I'll put your information in the comments for sure. And thanks again, Robin, for being on the show. I'm excited for no your worries. issue. I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm working on it. And I'm, it's already in the works. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. No worries. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining me on Pink Girl Podcast. Tune in next time.